0: I was up there for while you guys were singing, and then came down here for the rest of the um, set. And I just had this overwhelming feeling, like I'm everything that's going on in the world. Like even in just sports, and you watch what's going on in our uh, your nation and our nation. And there's so many different things that are happening. There's so many people that we look to in leadership positions, and you you watch how they live their lifestyle, right? You watch how they live their life, and it's just it 's painful, you know we, we elevate people so high, and then they come crashing down, and a lot of times these people become our gods and I was just sitting here thinking i 'm watching these guys, these girls as they are leading, and i 'm going, those are the heroes those, those are those are my heroes like i 'm looking at them not because not because they can play the guitar, they have skinny jeans, right? Not because of all of those different things it 's because I believe from what I've been told and what I'm seeing is that they're passionately following Jesus Christ, is that they're listening to one voice and one voice only. And, and that's that's so, like, to me, like, to be where they are at their age, when I was that age, I was not even close to that. And there's a scripture where Paul says, Paul's one of the writers in the New Testament, and he says, follow me as I follow Christ. And basically, he's telling people, "Is like, you, you might not get to meet Jesus like I ever met Jesus but for right now the only picture of Jesus that you're going to get is me. And I'm watching these ki- I want to say kids, these students, these adults as they're leading and I'm going for some of you I don't know where you are in your journey with Christ. But if you want a picture of Jesus, I, I, I hope you get that this weekend from people that are up here, from, pe- from your youth pastors, from your youth leaders, from your small group leaders, whatever it is, that you get this picture of Jesus. And for some of you, that is going to be your only picture of Christ. And uh, this weekend, um, hopefully you get some of that from here and even being with us. Let's pray. Lord, we just come to you. Just thank you so much. For allowing us to be here, and and God, I just thank you for this opportunity, um, and feel honored uh, to be here. In your name, Amen. First of all, I want to thank Kingswood University. Give it up for these guys. Yeah. Hey, how how seriously? How good was that band? And the girls in the band were amazing. Way better than the dudes. Even the guy back there on I don't know what his name is, but he's crazy. But um, here's what I want to say. this, this university, I, I've heard of this school, I've never been here, I've only heard great things and uh, led by uh, President Gorvette over here. Give it up for that guy right there. I wanna introduce you, my family is not here but I did bring them with me in my heart which is creepy or weird. But anyways, this is, this is my family and I'll start from the left over here. This is Henry, right? Uh, Henry is now six years of age. He just turned six. He thinks he can play pro football right now to this day. He's got his skinny jeans on. Okay, so anyways, this is my daughter, Savannah. She is 20 years of age. She's a junior at University of Michigan. And then this is my wife, Michael. That's her name, Michael, okay? And then there's me, you can see me, almost bald. And then my little dude right here, isn't he cute? That's Charlie. Yeah, don't, don't go, oh, just yet, because you're going to hear some stories. You would think he's from hell. But anyways, <laughs> this dude, and then there's Claire, and Claire is my 10-year-old. So Charlie is now two, and so we got four kids from 20 to two. Charlie was a total accident. It was, I mean, it was a good accident, but anyways, uh, he was an accident, and we love him, and uh, we're asking him to move out of the house next year. So it's going to be good. Now, here's what I want to talk about tonight. I'm going, to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about change in our life for this weekend, for the next three sessions. Because I would say that there's something in your life that you desire to change. Whether you're a believer or follower of Jesus Christ, or you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, there's something that you might desire to change. And then for some of you, there's something that you would like to change about the world that you exist. It could be in your school. It could be your friends. It could be your family. It could be something inside. I don't know what it is that you really desire to change. But what I want to do tonight is I want to take you on a little bit of a journey. It's like we can't possibly change or have an impact on our world or things around us unless there's some things that change within us. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that, because if I were to ask you, what is it that you would desire to change in your life right now? If you could change one thing in your life, what would it be that you would change? I was sitting with my family, and we were sitting on the back porch of our house, and we were having dinner together, and I asked this question, which was a stupid question. I asked my kids, I said, what is one thing that you would change about your dad if you could change it? Can you imagine asking your, or your parents asking that? Like you have a list, like some of you carry a list around and you're like, here, I've been waiting for this question, Dad, okay? And we went around the table and someone was sharing some funny things and I could see Claire, my 10 year old, she was just kind of sitting there and she was, you know, she was thinking, and I go, Claire, it can't be that hard, right? she goes, well, Dad, she goes, "Um, I would like you to change your face. And I go, i change your face. But anyways, I'll change it. But, and I'm sitting there going, I can't change my face. And she went on to say, it's like, when you get angry, like your face, just like, I can't even look at you, dad, right? It's like your eyebrows do this thing and fire shoots out. And it's just this, just this look, you know, that look that your dad can give you and you break in half, you're like, you know, I'm done, right? She's like, I would change your face. And I'm like, ah, change your mom's face. But anyways, right? It's like there's this change that we want to do. There's all of us want to change something, but how do we change it? You know, what, what is it going to take for us to change that thing? So I want, if you brought your Bible, if you didn't bring your Bible, that's fine. But we're going to look at this scripture in Nehemiah, and this is in the Old Testament. And this is one of the best books in the Bible. I love the story of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is, is working for Artaxerxes, which is this king, and he's the cupbearer. So he has, you know, some significance in this kingdom, but he's a Jewish man that was 800 miles away from his home, and he's in exile. He's been kicked out of his country. His family was kicked out of the country, and now he's just kind of existing. The Jewish people were just kind of in exile. They were in disarray. And he was listening, right, he was listening to the story of Jerusalem where he was originally from, where his family was originally from, his people were originally from. And we're gonna pick up the scripture in, uh, we're gonna pick up this story in Nehemiah one. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th century of King Artaxerxes reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hananiah, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned from captivity and how, the things, and how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed. This was a huge deal for him to hear this. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to God of heaven. And this wall was important to the Jewish people because it, rep- it, it was their heritage. It represented something that was sacred to them. Can you imagine something sacred to you? Maybe it's where you live. It's your home. It's something that your, your, your parents are proud of. It's just, you know, something that you're proud of. Can you imagine if it was just ruined and it was just wrecked? you have nothing to call home. You have no place to really re- reside or to, to start raising your family or anything. And this is what was happening. And so he hears about this, and it just breaks his heart. But here's the thing. God was working on Nehemiah. We're going to find this out. God was working on Nehemiah. He was raising Nehemiah up to do something great, to provide this change that needed to happen. And if you read the scriptures, you read Nehemiah, and even before Nehemiah, God was working in men's hearts to go back and repair that wall, but they ignored the call. And Nehemiah accepts the call because God was working in Nehemiah, and he accepts the challenge. He sees something that needs to change, and he steps up to the challenge to change it now i 'm going to give you a few truths, three truths because that 's what pastors have to do okay i 'm going to give you three truths out of this scripture because I believe if we 're going to see lasting change there 's a difference between change and lasting change change we can do in our own on our own on our own power, but lasting change that God desires in our life only God can do and so I want to take you through this if we want lasting change, the first thing is this As you see it 's very simple it 's heartburn right we 've had Negative heartburn, but there was this heartburn in Nehemiah that said something has to change. His heart broke. It says he fasted. He couldn't sleep because this was not right. This was not the way things would have to be. His heart and soul were set on fire. He couldn't sleep. and Like I said before, he was consumed by it. He got to the no more point. Have you ever been to that place and I know most of you were in high school some of you were in college but if you got to a place in your life you're like no more If you ever watched something on television you're like, this isn't right, no more. I can still remember when Katrina hit in the Gulf Coast, I can still remember where I was. I would turn the TV on, story after story, day after day, people would be, they couldn't rescue people and they were just caught and nothing was happening. I was like, this shouldn't be happening. I remember when the earthquake struck in Haiti, I was like, this shouldn't happen, no more. I'm from right outside of Detroit, and uh, we partner with one of these schools in Detroit, and it's an elementary school, and it's about 800 kids, because a lot of the schools have closed in this area, and they've consolidated these schools, and there's about 800 children in this one school, in this elementary school, just packed and somebody said, we want you to come over here and we want you to check out this school and we want you, your, your, your church to consider partnering with us and whatever you guys can do, would be great. And I remember going over there with a couple guys and we walked through this school and I could not believe what I saw in the stories that I was hearing. 800 kids there, 100% of the children were on a breakfast and lunch plan They wouldn't get breakfast at home, and majority of them didn't have the money to bring lunch. So 100% of these kids, 800 of them, were on a breakfast and lunch plan. And I would hear stories about a lot of the kids would eat lunch on Friday and their next meal was on Monday morning when they came back to school. This was 15 minutes away from my home. And I was sitting here and I'm like, this cannot be happening. This has to change. Have you gotten to that no more point? Maybe even in your own life where it's like this, it's like, no more. No more living in mediocrity. No more tolerating this sin in my life. For those of you who are calling yourselves believers that you're following Jesus Christ, is like, you, you know what? There's this thing in my life that I need to change. No more pornography, no more gossip. No more of just me idolizing things that I shouldn't idolize. No more. There needs to be a change. No more lukewarm following Jesus. No more letting these relationships, maybe you're in a relationship that you know is bad, you know it's wrong, it's like no more, I'm not gonna exist in this anymore. Nehemiah got to that point and it's like, this wall has been torn down for almost 140 years. Something has to change. If we're going to sense, if we want and desire change, the first thing is our heart has to ache. It has to burn for that change to happen. Nothing will change unless you get mad about where you are. And this is a good mad, right? I tell my son this, my six year old, anger, right? Anger is okay, right? If it's not directed towards your father right? I say anger is okay. Anger is an alert that something is wrong. It's a secondary issue. And, and Paul talks about don't sin in your anger. But anger is this alert. It's like Nehemiah, there's this anger that's in him because usually if it's an anger like Nehemiah, like we're discussing, it's also angering God, If something isn't right and something needs to change, if there's a relationship that's not right, if there's sin that's in your life that you know that isn't right, it's angering God as well. Not because he hates you and not because he's shameful, like he's sending shame your way or that he's gonna pop you in the head. It's because he says, you know what? This isn't the life that I desired for you to live. Like Sin destroys everything. Sin messes up everything. You see this in Jesus, when Jesus walks this earth, he comes, and it's like when he encounters brokenness and death, and he encounters sin and illness, it's like, you, you see an anger in Jesus, a discontent where he's like, this isn't the way that it should be. And this is what was happening with Nehemiah, and let's keep going. Verse five, then I said, "O Lord. So what is his response? So he's angered, there's this heartburn, what, what becomes his response? And I said, "O Lord, God of heaven, The great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his command. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. Nehemiah was angry and realized that something had to be done. But here's the key. He knew he couldn't do it without God. He could have gone off and, you know, been angry about it and tried to, you know, muster up some people and say, okay, let's go do something about it. But what was his first step? What was his first step? And just simple, this is simple so you can remember it. Bent knees, so you have heartburn, then you have bent knees. It's this place where he gets to, it's like, you know what, I'm gonna go before God. There's something, there's this alert, there's there's this signal that's going off that this isn't right, I must go to God. There are times that we desire change and we try to change on our own, but if we want that lasting change, we have to invite Christ into this. With the power of God, we can experience that lasting change. Nehemiah, verse one, six, he says this. He goes to his next, and this is gonna be my final point here. I want you to listen to this. What did he do after he prayed? He says, I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are faithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. So if you don't know the story of Moses, Moses delivered the Jewish people out of captivity hundreds of years before this. And he remembers the promise that God made to Moses. But if you return to me and obey my commands, here's the loving God, and live by them, even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Lasting change is different than just change. It's something that gets a hold of you and tonight you know what I'm talking about in your life. I know, even preparing for this message, God was revealing to me, as like Clint, there's some things that you need to change in your life. And I'm gonna share some of those tomorrow with you because there are some things in my life I wish I could say as a pastor that I have it all figured out, almost. I wish I could, I don't, not even close. And there's some things that God has drawing me closer And Now listen to this last part, what did Nehemiah do? So he had bent knees, he went to prayer before God, and then the last thing, if you want lasting change, and Nehemiah realized this, was confessing lips. Nehemiah is allowing God to change him. Confession is so important for change to happen. God was alerting Nehemiah that there were some things that needed to change in him. I wanna say this statement, I'm kinda jumping ahead here real quick, but I'm gonna go back. You know what, I'm not gonna do that. Sorry, i just correct myself. I want to do this, Um, I need two volunteers, not you, okay, Um, I'm just kidding, I need two girls, can you two girls come up and help me, yeah, right there, act like I'm not talking to you, then go, oh, yeah, he's talking to us, yes, you, okay, good, okay, yeah, you two, yes, I have weird eyes, don't I, they look right over the person, come on up, all right, what's your name, good, okay here we go. So I'm going to do this thing over here, guys. Just follow. Yeah, right here. Yeah, what is he doing? Come on over here. So we have Kristen. Kristen. McKaylee. McKaylee. You're Kristen over here. Okay. Here, stand here. There you go. Good. Okay, so you're McKaylee. You're Kristen. Great. Okay, here we go. Now, I'm going to give you guys something. I'm going to give you guys a free t-shirt. All right, free t-shirt. I designed them. Gave them to Kingswood. I want you to do this. Now, all you have to do is to drink. My voice is cracking. Don't worry about it. All right. All you have to do is to drink this water that I'm going to pour in your cup. Do you think you can do that for a Mm t-shirt? You guys are so excited. This is amazing. Your energy is just amazing. Okay. So all you got to do is this right here. Okay. Just hold that up. I don't want you to drink it yet. Don't want you to drink it yet. There you go. That's water. That's straight from the water bottle. Okay. Now, there's a little catch. There's a little catch to this, okay? There's a little catch to this. So we got the water here. Now, let's see, what do we have? Hold on. Yeah, here we go, here we go. All right, I found it. There we go. Who doesn't like a little cat food? Uh-uh, no. What? Hold on, just stay there, just stay there. Who likes cats? Hold on, real quick. What is the one thing that's cuter than a cat? Every dog. Good, okay, so here we go. All right. Now I want to do this, all right, just, just smell it, just smell it. I'm not asking you to eat it, okay, 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 okay. stop, here we go. All right, here's all I'm going to do, I'm going to just take a little cat food like this, I'm going to just take a little cat food and just put it underneath on the outside of your cup, sorry Kingswood about the cat food smell for 10 more years. Okay, um, now would you still drink that for, it's not on the inside, would you drink that for a t-shirt? Just a sip. Okay, go ahead. All right, give it up for her, right? All right. All right, same thing, right? Same thing, right? But here we go. I want to do this to yours, okay? Here we go. Let's put that on the, you know what? Let's just do, let's just do this. Okay, oh dear Lord. Okay, Uh, Kristen, right? Uh, Would you drink that? Why wouldn't you drink that? It is gross. Just do it for a t-shirt. Don't do it. No, don't do it. Don't do it. I will still give you a t-shirt. Girls, give it up for these girls real quick. All right. There's your t-shirt. Now, let me, let me tell you something. After I wipe the cat smell off of my hand. Oh, dear Lord. There we go. Everybody knows you don't, you, 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 if you're going to drink a glass of water, you're not going to drink a glass that's dirty on the inside. You might drink a glass of water that's dirty on the outside. Everybody knows that the glass needs to be clean on the inside. But here's the thing. This is Nehemiah. He gets to this place. It's like, if there's going to be change, right, if this change is going to happen, God says, there's gonna to have to be some change inside of you first, Nehemiah, if I'm going to work this change through you. And Jesus in the New Testament always talked about this. Listen to Matthew 23, he says this, he says, what sorrow awaits you teachers, he's talking to the pastors, the priests, the Pharisees, religious law, and the Pharisees, at hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside you are filthy full of greed and self-indulgence, you blind Pharisees, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. And here's the truth I want you to hang on to. Whenever God wants to do a work through us, it starts with a work in us. For some of you, you want this change, you want to do something great in your life, which I believe that every single one of you will do something great in your life if it's what God desires for you to do. The greatest thing that you can miss, let let me, let me tell you this, the greatest thing that you can miss is the life that God desires for you. And we see this in the world that we live in. It's like, I want to be that, I want to do that, I want to do this, I want to do these things, and I want to do these things. And we never go to the source. We never go to our creator and say, God, what is it that you desire for my life? What is it that you desire? I want to be a part of that. So here's my challenge. Here's my invitation to you. There's something for some of you in here tonight that you know that you need to change and you will never be able to change it on your own. Everything I just talked about is impossible without the power of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. The gospel is easy because Jesus has already paid for your sin. It's when we get to the place and we acknowledge it. It's like, God, I am messed up. I fall short. I wanna do this great thing in my life, but I can't without you. And you see what Nehemiah did. He gets to this place where he goes to prayer and he says, God, forgive me. And this change begins to take place in his life. For some of you, tonight is the night. Some of you say, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but tonight is the night where you say, you know what? No longer is that sin gonna be a part of my life. I'm done with that, it's enough. Tonight is a night where you confess that to somebody. You say, you know what? I've been doing, I have this little thing going on over here that I've never confessed, I've never talked about. And you're going to bring it into the light tonight so that God can work through you and do some amazing things. And then for the other group in here, I still remember when I was 21 years of age, giving my life to Jesus Christ for the first time where you acknowledge that I desire to change. I desire for that to be a part of my life, but there is nothing that I can do on my own because Jesus loved you so much that he gave his life for you, that he paid for your sins, that he died for your sins. And tonight's that night that you realize that and you say, okay. Nehemiah got to the place where he surrendered it's like, I'm not going to be able to do this feat. I'm not going to be able to change this wall. I'm not going to be able to rebuild this thing. It's only because of the power of Jesus Christ. And tonight might be that time where you do this. Bow your heads. I want to give you that opportunity tonight. If that is you, if you would say, you know what? God, I have been living this life. I came to this place this weekend not knowing you know, I knew it was some type of church event. I knew it was some type of, you know, Christian experience or whatever it is. But God, I desire not to live my own life anymore. I, and Some of you are experiencing a loneliness. And you're kind of sick of living for yourself and living for others. And tonight is when you invite Christ into your life. If that's you tonight, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find whoever it is that you came with, your youth pastor, your small group leader, someone that you trust and say, I want to talk more about what it means to invite Christ into my life because I desire that change. And for the others of you that would say, there's some things in my life that need to change. There's a relationship, there's an addiction, there's something that I need to confess. Lord, we just offer all of those things in our life that you desire to change in us, that we surrender them to you so that we can experience what it is that you have for our lives in your name.